2: Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam.
0: All right, welcome in Arrowhead Addicts. We are here for playoff week. The Kansas City Chiefs are finally going to return to the field. The, The real Kansas City Chiefs, not the the fake Kansas City Chiefs or the park Kansas City Chiefs that we saw in week 17. So it's been a little while since we've gotten to see Patrick Mahomes play football. I always fall into a little bit of a depression when that happens, but I'm, I've got my pet back in my step. Matt Verderam is with me as always here for the
2: Arrowhead Attic podcast. Vertoram, it's playoff week. Are you excited? I'm very excited. It's been a long time coming. I think we all expected that they'd be here. They are here. They're the number one seed. And they're getting the Cleveland Browns. The first time these two teams have ever seen each other in a playoff game. So uh, I am I am ready to go.
0: We'll break down this game in, in just a minute. But j- just looking at the wild card weekend, how things fell, I, I think we can agree. Last year, things fell really well for the Chiefs. Like they didn't have to play. They didn't have to play Tom Brady and the Patriots. The things just fell perfectly for them. Is this another example? You think that they get they're getting. The Browns, the lowest seed, probably the the team along with the Colts that you would say are the, the least threatening teams in the playoffs. Obviously everybody's threatening to a degree, they're playoff teams, but
2: right could you have I mean could you have had it any other way? No, I think this was the best matchup for them. Look, I, I did, I don't know, untold radio spots in a lot in, in the Kansas City area over the last week, week and a half. And every time I was asked, who do you think would be the best matchup? Who do you think would be the worst? And to be blunt. I thought the Colts would be the worst matchup because they have a very good interior rush defensively. They're really well coached, and so is Cleveland, to be fair. They're very well coached as well. But I thought that Indianapolis, the way they spread the ball around, they also can run the ball. They also have a very good offensive line. But that interior pressure scared me. Like, I I didn't think Cleveland was going to beat Pittsburgh. So whenever I thought about who their best matchup would be, I, I don't think uh, – I didn't think that Cleveland would even be in the mix. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I think you have to be thrilled if if you are a Chiefs fan. Because, look, ultimately Cleveland's defense is atrocious. And Tennessee's defense is also atrocious. But Tennessee has a really, really high-powered offense. So, yeah, I, I don't know how you could argue this. I think it's you'd clearly rather play Cleveland. No matter how this ends up, you'd rather play Cleveland than any of the other teams could have played.
0: Yeah. And now Derek Henry is out of the playoffs and he's one of those game breakers that you just don't want to have to go up against. I think the other look, and this is with all due respect to Nick Chubb, because I think he's absolutely incredible, but he's not to me on the level of a Derrick Henry, where he's likely to take over a game and just wreck it. And I think that of the players that are left in the playoffs that you have to worry about, at least on the AFC side, it's It would have been Derrick Henry and Lamar Jackson. Other than that, like I'm not. There's nobody else I'm terrified of in the in the playoffs that I think could just completely wreck a game for the Chiefs and they wouldn't be able to stop. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, if the Chiefs lose this game, it's going to be because they didn't play well. It's not going to be because Cleveland comes in and just outplays them all over the field. I, I would be stunned. Like, really, I, I am careful not to say stunned. Usually I'll say I'll be, I'd be surprised. I'd be, I, I would be stunned if Kansas City plays really well and loses the game. I, it, would, it would, to me, take them having multiple turnovers, a lot of big penalties, um, defensive breakdowns, blown coverages. I mean, that kind of thing. Frankly, the way they lost to the Raiders. Like, that would be the way they'd have to play. I think Chubb and Hunt are great. They're going to get yardage. They're going to run the ball. But I, I don't think that Kansas City is in any way, shape, or form threatened by this team unless, again, they make a bunch of mistakes. I, I think Cleveland needs the Chiefs to do some version of what happened in Pittsburgh where the right. game was 28-0 in the first quarter. Now, I don't think they need the Chiefs to turn the ball over four times in a quarter or three times in a quarter, four and a half. But I think they need help. They're not going to come in here and play a mono, a mono with Kansas City and win the game.
0: It's kind of a good game for the Chiefs to get their mojo back after a few close victories uh, to to you know end the season. I think um, the Browns defense presents a yeah, – we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into the Browns in a second. First, I want to talk about a continuation of what we talked about last week, which is we did our serial power rankings, and I reached out on Twitter. I called out General Mills. I told them that they needed to do the right thing and they needed to get Count Chocula on the shelves year round. I did get a response. Uh, This is just, look, look, let's be honest. This is just from a social media flack, you know, that just, oh, hey, Patrick, we'll let everybody know that, you know, we'll let everyone know at General Mills that you'd like to see Count Chocula on the shelves year round. Yesterday, I go out to run a few errands on my lunch break, stop by the gas station, and I'm checking out and I see right there on the counter, Count Chocula cereal bars. Blew my mind. Didn't know these existed. I ate it just an hour ago. Tasted just like a bowl of of Count Chocula. Pretty good. Pretty satisfying. Not a bowl of Count Chocula though. And I contend that if we can have Count Chocula cereal bars all year, why can't we buy the damn box of cereal?
2: It's outrageous. I would go out if they'd offer it and just buy a pallet and then just store it at the house. Yeah. That's fine. But I... I can get a lot of other cereals any time of the year. I don't understand it, but you know, I never really even thought about that. It was re- it was seasonal, but now that I, I do know that, I will go out and just absolutely hoard them the next time uh, they're they're out and about. But you know what? Maybe it's a demand of it all, right? Like, like Girl Scout cookies are incredible, right? Absolutely incredible. Like if I had access to Girl Scout cookies twelve months out of the year, I would have full blown diabetes by like June. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah,
2: but they only come out once a year. Now, you know, I remember a couple of years ago where I live, I was, in, I was going to a Walgreens and it was brutal weather. Like it was absolutely brutal. It was, it was cold, it was snowing. It was really, really windy. And this poor little kid is sitting outside the, the, the doors and she's selling these cookies. Her mom's all huddled up. And we walked past and my wife also loves Girl Scout cookies. It's like, we can't, we can't, you know, we just can't buy these. Co- like it's just, we, we're, we're going to eat too many too fast. I'm like, come on, look at this kid. She's braving the elements. You're not going to support this kid. We ended up buying like $40 worth of cookies. I think we ate them in literally like three days. If those were around all the time, though, would they be as exciting? I don't know. So maybe that's also the yin and yang of Count Shocula. I'm just throwing out a theory.
0: Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Um, But you know what? I want to find out.
2: I want to find out. So do I. I I agree.
0: Uh, um, we did get one. Uh, we, we, we challenged you all to give us uh, your serial power rankings over in the reviews on uh, of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. got to say, you guys let us down a little bit. We only got one. We only got to find out one of your serial power rankings. It's not too late. You can still head on over to Apple Podcasts, review this podcast, really help support the show, and tell us what your top three serials are. And uh, this one that we got from XADKX, uh, this one came in on January 8th, I'm a little confused. Okay. I'm going to work backwards. I'm going to go three, two, one. So this person says, honey honey bunches of oats, quality cereal. One I don't think we mentioned on our last one. Number two, this one's many people's number one, cinnamon toast crunch. Of course, yep, it was your number one. Yes. And number one, I don't know what to make of this, Ferdorand. It just says O's. Is there a cereal that's just O's? Like, is he talking Cheerios, Oreos? I believe Oreos. But isn't it...
2: That's how I I took it.
0: Isn't it Oreos? Like, isn't that how it's written out? Or is he just... Thought it was O's. Could be wrong. Maybe it it is. Uh, Yeah. uh, Incredible cereal, by the way. I remember when that cereal came out. Blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Um, Yeah. Okay. So we'll put a bow on the cereal thing. But listen, I've been challenging y'all on... On Twitter, to make your voices heard, the only way we're going to get Count Chocula on the shelves 12 months out of the year is, is for, for Chiefs Kingdom to bombard the General Mills Twitter account with direct, we message them, tag them, give us Count Chocula, and it's the only way. It's the only way, and, and other people will pick up on this. Um, so, you know, I've, I feel like I've done all I can. It's up to you all now to, to carry this thing forward. All right, let's talk Chiefs football, Chiefs Browns, I really enjoyed my wild card weekend. Just sat, sat back, watched the games, and uh, really, it was it was pretty pretty chalky. Ram, just the Browns yep. upsetting the Steelers. Um, boy, it reminded me of that first play of that game when when he when Pouncey snapped the ball over Ben's head. All I could think about was the, the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, oh no, this is not. I've seen a game start like this before, and it was just it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Why do you think the Steelers melted down like this? We, we knew they were vulnerable,
2: but I mean, it was just complete I mean, chaos. Sometimes it just happens. I mean, they they just had one of those games from hell where they they fell apart from the jump, and you know, look, Roethlisberger. We've talked about this. I feel like forever now. He, he's terrible. He's a look. He is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He had a great great career, it's over. It's over. Like, he may come back next year because he's due $41 million, but in terms of him being a good NFL quarterback, it's done. And it's been done. I feel like I've been screaming this on Sack in the Box and on this podcast every time it's just come up for the better part of the season. He is atrocious. And in this game, you go look at those four picks he threw. They're all hideous. Everyone – The one that gets bad up the line, I'll give him a little bit of a break on that. The other three are absolutely like the worst throws you've ever seen in your life. And he, you know, I mean, the snap that's over his head. He can't help that. He doesn't even try to fall on it. It's like jogging back to it. If he comes back, the Steelers are not going to be a contender. They're not. You go, by the way, you go look at the Steelers and their cap situation they're 20 million over the cap next year, or at least the expected cap number. We don't know exactly what it'll be yet. Juju Smith Schuster, Bud Dupree, James Conner, Alejandro Villanueva, Tyson Alualu, Cam Sutton, Mike Hilton. All of them are free agents. Bud Dupree, I believe I said if I didn't, Bud Dupree. All of them are unrestricted free agents. And they're 20 million over the cap, and they're paying Roethlisberger 41 million. It's over. They had to do it this year. And they got blown out by Cleveland. But you know what? On the flip side of that, like Cleveland was gifted everything. I mean, you couldn't ask for a team to help you get out to a 28-0 lead, a 35-7 lead, more than what happened in that game. And I will forever be convinced if Tomlin goes for it on fourth and one at midfield and they pick that up, and I think they would have, they were rolling at that point, 35-23, they had 16 unanswered points. I think they would have won the game. Cleveland was reeling in a way that, unfortunately, as chief fans, we can all understand and, 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 and comprehend because we saw it happen in 2013. When games are going like that, you just know the way it's going to end. And yeah. if you're a Cleveland fan, my God, you've had a history of – no fan base is more terrified of a horrific ending than Cleveland. Like, Tom, when punting that ball, was absurd. They, they I really think, would have lost that game which goes maybe to show, as we get into the Chiefs and Browns, a little bit of why the Chiefs should feel good about the way this game matches up.
0: Yeah, and look, I'll give credit to the to the Browns' offense and to, and to Baker Mayfield and the offensive play calling. They did not get too conservative. They had Baker Mayfield throwing the ball to get first downs at the end of that game. They did not want to let pittsburgh all the way back in and they were playing super look, their defense is not good their two starting corners were out they were they're they're not a good defense as it is they were playing super conservative all that and all that game and i was thinking in this also during the ohio state alabama game alabama clearly more talented than ohio state just an, an incredible team but i was thinking about the way ohio state was also playing defense against alabama and it, to me they were just playing scared and the browns also were like we're going to give you everything underneath. We're not going to give up big plays, which to be fair, we, we, Bob Sutton had done that, that Chiefs would have beat the Colts a few years right. ago. But do you think, think that at a certain point, it starts to like affect the mentality of a defense when you're playing so scared that they're just giving them everything and allowing confidence to grow for the offense and, and confidence to decrease for the defenders.
2: Well, I, I think with Cleveland, you have to be thrilled you won a playoff game for the first time in 19 years. Again, if you're a Chiefs fan of, of a certain age, you can appreciate what that is like, considering the Chiefs went, you know, what was it, 22 years without winning a playoff game? Um defensively, if you're Cleveland, you certainly felt good about the first half. A lot of that, again, self-inflicted nonsense by Pittsburgh, but you still feel good about it. The second half, maybe you you are having a little bit of an accident in your pants if you're Cleveland, the way that went. Um, But I think, look, ultimately, the Browns have to feel great about what happened. They didn't have their coach. They were missing players on their COVID list. I mean, Denzel Ward wasn't there. Joel Batonio wasn't there. That's a great corner and a great guard. Neither guy even played in the game. Both are expected to play. In fact, they just activated Ward right before we did this podcast. Um, So... Look, the Browns are going to be playing confidently, um, but you, know, you look at the game, and stats are wonky in games like that because the Browns got so far ahead, you're always going to be willing to trade yardage for points. I understand all that. The Browns gave up 553 yards to Pittsburgh, 34 first downs. Pittsburgh was 4-4 in the red zone. Pittsburgh had 34 first downs in the game. Now, this is a team that has no offense, zero. I mean, could not score a point against Cincinnati down the stretch. And they had 29 passing first downs. Now, again, I get there's an element to that of we're willing to trade time for points. But there also was a point in that game when the Steelers were rolling and the game was in doubt in the third quarter. I mean, that game was just starting to turn on its ear. And you saw Cleveland giving up a lot of yardage. So. Look, like if I'm the Browns or I'm the fans, I'm thrilled to death. You want a playoff game, you beat your biggest rivals, first win they had in Pittsburgh in 17 years. But do I think this week presents a far different and a far greater challenge in a lot of ways? Yeah, yeah I, I do. All right, we're going to take our first break.
0: On the other side, we'll get deep into this game. We'll break it down for you all, and uh, we'll let you know who we think is going to win. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. All right, we're back. The Airhead Attic Podcast. Let's dig into this game. So the line for this game, Chiefs minus 10, the over under 56 and a half. You taking the points in this one, Verderam? or are you still betting on the Chiefs?
2: It's a lot of points. I went back and did the research on this yesterday. Yesterday, two days ago, doesn't matter. Since 2000, 11 times a team has been favored by double-digit points in the divisional round. The last one was last year, two teams actually. The Ravens and the Chiefs were both favored by double digits. Obviously it worked out better for Kansas City. Um Baltimore not so much. 11 times since 2000. Of those 11 times, the heavily favored team has straight up won 8 times. They've covered 7 times. So History and my gut belief of how this game is going to play out is I will take the Chiefs to win in cover. I know they haven't covered in a couple of months. I don't care. I I don't care. You know, they came out, Travis Kelsey came out on the Shannon Sharp podcast, uh, Club Shay Shay and flat out said the hardest part about repeating is just having the patience to get to the playoffs because we knew we were going to get there. We just want to get there. I get that there's a sense, and and, uh, this was written over at the SI chief website, Arrowhead Report, I believe it's called, um, that teams that take off week 17 and have a bye week through the wild card weekend are two and four in their last six games straight up, which is a little concerning. I just don't think it's going to matter. Cleveland just can't stop them. I mean, if you look at Cleveland defensively, and Aaron Schatz over at Football Outsiders does a great job. He's a good guy. um, Got to know him a little bit at the Super Bowl. You know, he tweeted out that Cleveland by DVOA, which I think is a very interesting metric because it ranks things by weight and whatnot, is 29th against the pass on third down, is 29th against deep passes, and it's 30th against tight ends. That's a problem. Like Kansas City in this game is just going to spread Cleveland out. They're going to chip on Garrett, and they're going to say, okay, here it comes. The, the Browns are 26th in, in pressure rating. They're dead last in quarterback hits. Like I, just This is a game to me where the Chiefs just constantly throw the ball and say, okay, fine. You have Denzel Ward. We respect him. He's a good corner. We are going to constantly challenge your safeties who are more strong than free. We are going to constantly challenge your linebackers and stretch your linebackers who are not the most athletic group of guys on the face of the earth. Here comes quick passes and deep balls and everything you can imagine, motions and uh, – I think Kansas City is going to win this game going away. I I just think it's a lot. And I also think it's going to eventually force Cleveland out of being able to run the ball and and throw on play action. And if that happens, forget it.
0: Yeah, you don't. if you can keep Baker Mayfield in the pocket and and make him hold on to the football, it's bad news bears for the Cleveland Browns. So some of the key victories for the Browns, just if you haven't followed that team this year, which, you know, you may not have very much because the Chiefs did not play them. um, They beat the Ravens. I'm sorry, they lost. Uh, Let's do their key victories first. So they beat the Colts uh, 33 to 23. It was a really nice game for them. Convincing victory. Their best win of the season was probably when they beat the Titans 41 to 35, came out and walloped the Titans. And this was another game very much like that playoff game where they came out, they smacked the Tennessee in the mouth, got a big, and then like Tennessee made it a little bit interesting when they started throwing against that defense, and then they beat the Steelers 24 to 22 in Week 17 to make the playoffs. To be fair, Big Ben didn't play in that game. Although you might argue, after watching the last couple of Big Ben games and the Mason Rudolph game, that they might have been better off with Mason Rudolph. Um, feels crazy to say that, but I, it it may have been a wash, to be honest with you, between the two of them at this point. Key losses. They lost to the Ravens twice. First time they got blown out by him thirty-eight to six. It was the same time, same thing. The first time they played the Steelers, Steelers they couldn't handle the pressure. Steelers blasted them, thirty-eight to seven. Both those games were earlier in the season before Kevin Stefanski was really able to establish what he was doing. But they they have struggled against some of the quality teams. They played the Ravens again later and lost 47 to 42. And we're really in that game. That was actually a really good performance of them off from them offensively against a tough defense. And they also lost to the jets. We're just a few weeks away from them right. losing to the jets, right. 23 to 16, to be fair, their entire receiving core was on the COVID list. And they had to bring a bunch of practice squad guys up, but Kevin Stefanski threw the ball a bunch of like 50 times, which nobody could figure out why the hell he did that against the jets. When, uh, I don't know if it was one of those things where, the, you know, the Jets were giving them juicy looks. Right? They were stacked in the box. That's probably what it was. But I mean, these guys—they were introducing themselves to people in the locker room before the game. Right? What
2: are you well, doing but here? Look, that's an interesting game. Here's my point with that game. Okay, because I thought about that game as well. The Browns' defense was healthy and gave up 23 points to the Jets. Like, is that not alarming? Uh, you know, 333 yards, okay, it's not a, a ton, but it's not nothing. Now, I, I get it. Browns lost a couple of fumbles in that game. Nick Chubb had 11 carries for 28 yards. Like, they had their running backs, and they ran for two and a half yards a carry. Look, I think the Browns are a good team, and I saw a stat that if they win or tie the turnover battle, they haven't lost this year. Okay? But here's where I'm just going to lay it out there as as blatantly as I can. Here's who, the, who, here, excuse me, here's who the Browns have played this year in terms of quarterbacks. You tell me who the prolific quarterback is in this group. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Dwayne Haskins, Dak Prescott, keep that in mind, Phil Rivers, Roethlisberger, Burrow, Derek Carr in, in, a, in a monsoon, Deshaun Watson in a monsoon, Carson Wentz, Jake Luton, Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Mason Rudolph. Who's the I mean to me
0: what I was gonna say it's not exactly murderer's row, but I'd go with I'd go with Watson. Watson and Jackson.
2: So so Jackson, who I don't even think can throw the ball, hung 38 and 47 on them. Okay, in those two games. Tannehill, who I would throw out there is a good thirty five points prescott 38 points now the the watson game you would say normally if you if you go back and watch both that and the car game which are ironically they're back-to-back games the weather was ridiculous yeah like win. i think car if, if memory serves i'm actually gonna look it up real real quick car threw 24 times in the game okay um and had a little success because the, the win was brutal and watson I remember that that was a game where both teams were punting from like the 30 yard line because the wind was so bad. Watson was 20 or 30 in the game, like, and the score was 10-7. Mayfield threw for 132 yards. So the weather had huge factors in those two games. When they played teams that they weren't in a in a tsunami against, that could throw the ball, 38 for Dak, 35 for Tannehill, and then 38 and 47 for the Ravens. Now the record in those games are 2 and 2 because against Dallas they scored 49 points, they scored 41 against Tennessee, two of the worst defenses in the league. Kansas City has a decent defense. They're not going to score 40 points in the game. I do think Kansas City has a very real shot of getting into the 40s. So, this is where to me for the it's just it's a huge lift. I mean, they have won a lot of these games against team. By the way, Prescott threw for 502 yards. Okay? 502 yards. So, it's it's not as though you're facing a team that is is ready and willing to shut down Kansas City. I'd be much more nervous. Tannehill threw for 389. Um, I just think it's a really tough matchup because Cleveland's defense, it's just it's not built to deal with the way the Chiefs play. They want to get into a they would far prefer to play a team like a Tennessee that would rather run the ball first. Run the ball. You maybe you got to make a stop on third down. The last thing Cleveland wants is a team like Kansas City that's just going to throw the ball at will. Because that's what they'll do. We all know with Andy, he doesn't care about balance. He'll throw it like crazy. Right. I think that's probably what you're getting on Sunday.
0: Yeah, the Browns just really haven't played a team like Kansas City all year. I mean, probably the closest, to be honest with you, are the games that they played against the Bengals because they had Burroughs slinging it. Cincinnati moved the ball up and down the field on the Browns are able to eke out victories in those games. And you're going against a rookie quarterback. They just are not strong defensively. They really only have Miles Garrett to rush the passer. So teams can try to do their best to neutralize him. And Mahomes is mobile. So Mahomes is going to know going into this game. All right. I got to know where Garrett is at all times. I got to get the ball out, can roll away from him, chip him like you said earlier. Yep. I just think it's going to be it's it's going to take the Chiefs just having terrible miscues on offense for the Browns to to try to keep up with them. They're just they're just not strong enough on defense even with their corners back. Um let's talk about one of the big storylines going into this game and that is Kareem Hunt. So listen, yep. I I like Kareem Hunt. I, I, I was bummed the Chiefs had to cut him. I understand why the Chiefs had to cut him. He's a great player. He's really fun to watch. In the interviews with, I've, seen, I've seen with him, he seems like a nice kid who just it made a really bad, stupid mistake. He paid for it. He's gotten a second chance. Appears to be making the best of his, his second chance so far, so good. Um, so happy for him. Happy for him that he found success in Cleveland. And I get that these guys need to motivate themselves and, and all that kind of stuff. But the storyline emerges after this game of Kareem Hunt saying Sunday's personal. You had Tony Grossi uh, from a Cleveland paper out there saying, "Oh, I, you know, I just really tweeted out like this is the team Kareem Hunt's going to go up against the team that gave up on him." And it's been driving me nuts all week. What, like, first of all, Tony Grossi, the Chiefs did not give up on Kareem Hunt. All right? Kareem Hunt gave up on the Chiefs by doing stupid crap and getting himself cut and suspended and all those other things because he kicked a woman. That's why the Chiefs gave up on him. To draw that storyline in this game to make it some sort of redemption tale for Kareem Hunt is absolute garbage. And for Hunt to say it's personal, I just think it's like, what is he thinking? You know what I mean? Just just shut your mouth. Just keep your head down. Go out and play. You know, and I... I,
2: I, 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 I'm out of words. I want, I want to get your take on it because it's just it's been driving me nuts all week. I mean, excuse the language. The Chiefs don't give a shit about Kareem Hunt. They just right. won the Super Bowl without him. And the Chiefs care about Kareem Hunt. Look, Kareem Hunt is a very good football player. Kareem Hunt also got released by the Chiefs in November of, what, 2018 because in the summer of 2018, he kicked a 19-year-old woman outside of his hotel room door in a Cleveland hotel Okay. And then lied about it to the team. And then video came out on TMZ and they cut him the night of the video being released. The chiefs flat out. And I don't know how I feel. About, actually, I do know how I feel about this. The Chiefs said that they cut him because you lied, which implies right. that they didn't cut him because he drop kicked a woman. They kicked him because you lied about it, which that that's great. But the, the reality is this isn't a redemption game for Kareem hunt Kareem Hunt's lucky he's in the league. Right. Like, I, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care what Kareem Hunt does in this game. Okay. And everyone who's so freaked out that they're going to play Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt has one game this year where he's rushed for more than 90 yards, and it yeah. was against Houston, who blows to high heaven. Okay. You go down here. Here are Kareem Hunt's game logs the last eight weeks of the season, including. And Chubb was out a number of, the, of these games this year as right. well. So here are his last eight games 13 carries, 11 yards. 10 carries, 62 yards, 14 carries, 33 yards, six carries, 33, seven and 21, four and 11, 10 and 37, eight and 48. Yeah, I'm sure the Chiefs are really quaking in their boots that Kareem Hunt's coming to town. Like, what are we talking about? The second Nick Chubb came back, He went straight to the rocking chair. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Kareem Hunt can play. I'm not sitting here trying to say that Kareem Hunt is some waste of time. He's not. But the idea that the Chiefs, who whipped up on Derrick Henry last year in the AFC Championship game, are freaking out because they've got to play Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Again, by the way. Now, Chubb is a far better player at this point. Chubb, before he got hurt, was rolling – Then he came back mid November, came back right away, 126, 114, 144. Since then, he's had a 100 yard game. Okay. It was against Pittsburgh the last game of the year. Okay. He had 108. And if you take out one run in that game, he went for 13 and like 60. All right. So it's not, let's not go crazy. Neither one of them are major pass catching threats. On the year, Chubb has 16 catches. 16. Okay, now, again, he missed, I think, six games. But my, we're not talking about a guy who has 70 catches out of the backfield. Kareem Hunt, for the record, uh, as I look it up here, I believe it's 30. Uh, 38 catches for 304 yards. I mean, I, all I'm saying is, yes, the Browns are a very good rushing team. They rushed for the third most yardage in the NFL. But Kansas City is not going to lose this game because Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. If the Chiefs lose this game, it's because their offense fell apart. That's why. And so Kareem Hunt can take it as personally as he wants. I guarantee you, Kansas City is focused on just handling business, handling Baker Mayfield, not letting them get an explosive play, and making sure the Chiefs don't beat the Chiefs. All right, we're going to take our last break. On the
0: other side, we'll put a bow on this. We'll talk about the other AFC game, and then we'll give you our predictions for the Chiefs versus the Browns. All right, we're back. Uh, putting a bow on the cream hunt thing. Yeah, they like to use him in the, in the red zone a lot, um, which is really interesting. They'll put him in, you know, they'll get into the red. I, listen, I'm, I'm from Northeast Ohio. I like the Browns. I cheer for them if they're not playing the Chiefs. I, I watched every game they played this season, and they, when they get in the red zone, they'll, usually it'll be like this. They'll come in, f- first play from the red zone, they'll, they'll try to run Nick Chubb in. Sometimes they'll do it a second time. They don't want Baker Mayfield to throw it on there if they don't have to. But when they get the third down in the red zone, that's when they bring in Kareem Hunt, right? He's a little bit better of a pass catching back for them, and they try to utilize him down there. The other thing that they'll do where you have to worry about Kareem Hunt is they'll, they'll have these drives where they'll just pound chub, pound chub, pound chub, then they'll get down in the red zone. He's tired. They bring in Kareem Hunt, and that's an advantage for for Cleveland because Kareem Hunt is talented. The defense is tired, and now they've got a different kind of back that they have to worry about coming out of the backfield. So obviously, that's something that the Chiefs will have scouted, and they'll know, and they'll know how to adjust their personnel when they get down into the red zone. Um, but I want to get to our, our keys from the game. So for you, Verdam, what are your kind of top two keys for the Chiefs to to win this game?
2: Well, beyond don't turn the ball over. Don't beat yourself. Um, look, the first key is obvious. You've got to try to win on first down defensively. If you can force the Browns to have to throw on second and third down, it's not to say they can't do it. I mean, Mayfield is a capable quarterback, but they don't have the receivers that scare you in this game. They have Jarvis Landry, and they don't have one other guy who has 600 receiving yards. Odell Beckham is out with the knee injury. We all know that. He's been out for a long time now. He's out for the year, torn ACL. If I am the Chiefs, I am playing a lot of eight-man boxes early in the downs. In first down, any kind of second down I think they're going to run, I am playing a heavy box. i bring Matthew down to the box. I'd like to see the Chiefs play some bare front, which is just a hat on a hat. It's five guys along the line of scrimmage. Put Penel, Nottie, and Jones all inside and put Dana on the outside with Clark. And then bring Hitchens and Wilson and Matthew down and just say, go ahead. You want to run the ball? Go not. Fatus. Because we think our corners are better than your receivers. We think Snead and Breland, and Fenton can match up with Rashad Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones and Jarvis Landry. We're not afraid of you throwing the football. The other thing is the eye discipline defensively. You've got to be able to stop the boot action. Cleveland likes to run a lot of boot. They like to get Mayfield out of the pocket. That's why I would play Mike Dana. He's very disciplined. He's very good at that. Frank Clark is very good at that. The Chiefs. I believe will handle that well, but that's something to watch. They like to get him out of the pocket. They like to give him defined reach. If you're the chiefs and you can take that part of the game away, I think it makes them much, much less dangerous in the passing game. And then the other key I would have is just offensively. Look, don't take penalties. You're going to move the ball in this game. They are going to be able to throw the ball. Kelsey should have a huge game. They do not have any safety or linebacker who can come close to guarding him. They, you know, Denzel Ward, is a very good corner, but he's not guarding Hill one-on-one. They're going to have to give help. And a lot of times they don't move Ward around. So if the Chiefs can really, if they want to, they can avoid Ward. They can just put Hill on the other side and toast whoever it is. could be old friend Terrence Mitchell. Uh, if, if I'm the Chiefs, listen, I'm taking shots early in this game. I'm testing Cleveland, a team that has struggled with the deep ball this year. I am taking three or four big shots in the first quarter. I'm trying to loosen them up. I'm trying to hit on a few of them. And if the Chiefs can get out in front in this game and force it to become a game where Mayfield has to keep up with Mahomes, good night. That game They have no shot of winning. For Cleveland to win the game, they've got to stay out in front or at least right there with the Chiefs Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. The biggest concern I have in this game is if the Chiefs allow them to get in the red zone, Cleveland is third offensively in red zone touchdown percentage. The Chiefs are dead last defensively. That's the concern. Cleveland's going to play a lot of bend, don't break, and pray they can hold off the Chiefs. The Chiefs have to be better in the red zone. They were great last year turning it up in the playoffs. They have to do the same thing this year. Otherwise, that is one Achilles heel that they have that should be monitored. Yeah,
0: really interesting wrinkle that Kevin Stefanski's added for Baker Mayfield is he likes to get him on that boot action and actually get Mayfield going to his left, because like yeah. Mahomes, Mayfield can he can turn his hips well. He's got a good arm and throw pretty accurately out of that. So the Chiefs are going to have to watch out for that. Obviously, he likes to go to his right. They got to watch out for that boot action where he comes, he goes over to the left and guys end up you know running wide open on that. Um, that's a big key for me. Keep just keep make Mayfield keep him in the pocket and make him hold on to the ball. So, as you said, win on first down, don't let him get big chunk plays where they get into second and short or third and short. And then when Mayfield's got to drop back, it's just a big problem for him. He's still. He's, he's still skittish and he drops his eyes when his first read isn't there. And he starts looking for ways to get out of the pocket. And that's when he makes mistakes. He pulls the ball down. He starts getting happy feet. He starts trying to get around, especially if you can get a pass rush up against them in the middle against the Browns. And that's where Chris Jones comes into play here. Get a pass rush up the middle. That that's the first thing that Mayfield really panics about. And then he, if his guard gets pushed back into him or his center, he starts looking for a way to get around them to run the ball. And that's when somebody like Frank Clark can come around the edge, swap that ball out of there, cause a big turnover, and then it's, it's a big problem when you're playing a team against the Chiefs.
2: If I were Kansas City, I would blitz them a lot in this game because they have a very good offensive line. I would try to overwhelm that front with numbers because, again, I think the Chiefs can match up with a man-to-man on the outside. I don't think now. Now I don't think the Chiefs match up great with them. They start swinging the running backs out, but again, look, you can also mitigate some of that by playing zone behind some of these things. I, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm trying to get pressure. I'm trying to get pressure on Mayfield. It, and look, early in the game, maybe you don't blitz. You kind of see how it plays out. If Jones is really having his way inside, then that's great. But this is a team with very, very good offensive line at every position. Wyatt Teller is probably the best guard in the league right now, along with Quentin Nelson. Joel Batonio is an excellent all-pro level guard. Jack Conklin an all-pro right tackle. Tristan, or excuse me, Jer, Jedrick Wills is a, a rookie left tackle, but he's had a very nice season. And J.C. Shredder is a good veteran center. I and mean, this is a team, they can, they can maul you up front, which is why if I'm the Chiefs, I'm combating that with numbers and saying, I don't care, throw the ball, beat me. Throw. Also, because if I'm the Chiefs and I'm Steve Spagnuolo specifically, I'm thinking to myself, we're going to score 35-plus points. So you, that's fine. I don't care if you hit me once over the top. I'll live with that. If it means I can take away some of the run game, I can take away some of the play action. I think for the Chiefs, it, you have to overwhelm them up front. But, you know, look, we've seen this game before. Like, we've, we've watched it. We saw it last year in the AFC title game. You know, people forget now because they won the Super Bowl and it just kind of becomes a blur. But going into that game, there were a lot of people who thought the Chiefs were going to lose because Derrick Henry was going to rush for 200 yards. And Steve Spagnuolo basically brought guys up and said, "We are not going to let you beat us trying the football. We are not going to let it happen." And what happened? They they shut him down. Tannehill had to stop throwing with play action in the second half of the game. There was a stretch in that game where Kansas City outgained them two thirty three to thirty. I mean, it just it became overwhelming. And Tennessee, frankly, was a better team last year than this Cleveland team is. So, I I know that the Chiefs. Are concerned about the run game and everything, but look, I try to overwhelm them up front, and so you want to beat me with Rashad Higgins on on Need? You go nuts. That's what I would play them much like you'd play the Ravens. I that's how I would play against Cleveland. Now
0: the Browns have struggled early in the season. We mentioned some of those scores. They struggled against blitz-heavy teams. The first time they played Pittsburgh, the first time they played Baltimore, those teams. The, the, the Browns couldn't score. They couldn't move the football. It was too much for Mayfield. To Cleveland's credit, and this goes to Kevin Stefanski, they adjusted. And if you watch that Steelers game, they were ready for the Steelers to be blitzing. They had a lot of screens called that helped them get big first downs. They were getting the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hand quickly. So using your X's and O's knowledge, Matt, like if, if, if Spagnolo wants to blitz a lot, but the Browns are you've got some experience playing teams that like to do that. How do you how do you blitz a lot but also combat some of those counters about getting the ball quick and the screen game?
2: So, look, anytime you do one thing, you're, you're leaving yourself vulnerable to another. And I think if the Chiefs blitz, the one concern you have is that they will dump the ball out to the running backs and all of a sudden you're one-on-one with, with Ben Neiman and Nick Chubb. And I think we all, we all have fear of that. Um, I would use more and, – and it depends on the situation. But if you're going to blitz – Okay, I wouldn't blitz a lot on first down. I would just try to bring guys up to the line of scrimmage and just just choke off the run game with numbers. But in passing downs and obvious passing downs, I would blitz, and what I would do is I would use a lot of safeties in the game. I'd a ton of three safety looks, and I would drop those safeties down. I'd play Thornhill single high, I'd leave the corners on an island, and I'd say, look, we feel confident we can win one on one with our corners. We feel confident they're not going to hit us over the top deep when we're blitzing. But we'll leave Thornhill back. he's the rangest guy we've got. the The Browns do not play Chubb and Hunt together a lot. It's typically one or the other. So if that's the case, I'd bring Matthew down or Sorensen depending on the look you want to give and say, "Look, your job is to stick with that guy. I would personally use Matthew quite a bit in that role because I think you can erase that component of the game, and then I'd use Sorensen against the tight end. That's how I would go in this game, and I'd or. Or if you want to go another way, and I think you I think you do all this stuff because you want to give different looks, play a little play a little zone on the backside of a blitz. You know, zone blitz. Drop a guy into coverage, blitz somebody from the secondary. Again, anytime you do something like that, you always leave yourself more vulnerable in some spot. But I think you're more I think you're better off speeding up Mayfield and having more one-on-one matchups with guys that frankly I think the Chiefs can cover rather than dropping seven the whole game. And giving him time to make a play and letting guys who are frankly inferior receivers get uncovered. I want to have, I want to force those receivers to have to get open in two seconds, two and a half seconds. I want to force Mayfield to look at the line and know that, that that's gotta happen and it's gotta happen quick. Because if you can turn him over once in this game, this game's done. They're not gonna win if they're turning the ball over. So that's how I look at it. Speed them up. Force those receivers to get the ball out quickly. Force them to declare. It also allows you, when you do, when you blitz, your defense can play more aggressively because they're expecting you to get pressure quickly. You take away a lot of the deep shot opportunities. Whereas if you don't blitz and you're just sitting there. Now, of course, all, look, all this goes out the window if they get a four-man pressure and they're just rolling. But that would be impressive considering how good they are up front. So that's why, if I'm the Chiefs, bring pressure, force the receivers to uncover quick. I don't think they can do it. I would try to overwhelm the line and take away their biggest advantage.
0: And we've talked a lot about the Browns offense. Look, they run the ball well. They were third in the NFL in rushing. But but the rest of the stuff, they're they're middle of the pack. 24th in passing yards per game, 16th in total yards per game, 14th in points per game. This is a middle-of-the-road offense with a a good running game and a competent quarterback and and a smart play caller. The Chiefs should be able to outpace him. But let's talk about the Chiefs' offense versus Cleveland's defense. And I think this is what really more so than Cleveland's running game, tips the scale in favor of the Chiefs. The, the Browns are just not good on defense. 17th in points allowed per game, 22nd in passing yards allowed per game, pretty good run defense, Ninth in rushing yards allowed per game, and 21st in points allowed per game. And they have not played an offense anywhere close to as prolific as, as Kansas City. Probably the closest they've come against is Baltimore when, when they've got things going and they've, they've hung 40 on them. Is there any hope? Are there, is there anybody on Cleveland's defense that you're worried about outside of Miles Garrett?
2: No. No. Honestly, no. I would have say Olivier Vernon, but unfortunately, he tore his Achilles week 17, so he's out. I mean, nobody else has more than four and a half sacks. And by the way, Garrett's a great player. In his last eight games, including the playoffs, he has three sacks. He's not been the same guy since he's come back from COVID. Now, I don't know if there's a correlation there. It's just a little bit of a drought. Teams are paying more attention to them. I think though with the chiefs, look, I'm much more worried about interior pressure getting home. I'm not as worried about exterior pressure. You can always chip with a back. You can do different things. Um, I don't worry about it as much. And again, the Browns have 29 quarterback knockdowns this year. It's the fewest of anybody in the NFL. Okay. It's just, they do not, they do not challenge a quarterback very often. And you talked about some of those rankings. Look, I'll go a step further. On third down defensively, they are 23rd in the league. It's it's not a defense that you're scared of. 14th in the red zone, so they're average there. Fine. Again, though, this is also a team that has faced a very, very soft schedule this year. They, they've they not played a lot of good teams. They've not played a lot of good quarterbacks as we went over. I mean, if you want to go by yards per drive allowed against, they're tied with Cincinnati. They gave up more yards per drive than Dallas this year. Dallas had a better defense. All right, so if you want to go – you start looking at some of these different things, I'm a big believer in, okay, points per drive, right? Kansas City this year defensively, Kansas City that is, 13th. That might surprise you. They're 13th in points per drive. It's not bad, right, especially considering a lot of these, these games the Chiefs are playing time for points. Cleveland's 23rd. You know who they're behind, or excuse me, a point two in front of? The Jets. Like, this is just a defense that struggles a lot. And no, my answer is no. Garrett Garrett is a concern. He's a great player. Beyond him, I do respect Denzel Ward, but I think you can scheme to kind of not have to worry about him as much just the way the Browns play. They don't travel the corner a lot. There's nobody else. If Kansas City doesn't score 35-plus in this game, it's by their own doing. It is mistakes. It is bad, bad preparation. It is not going to be because Cleveland just overwhelmed them. Now, one thing to note, the Browns do not blitz a lot. Um, they, they typically drop into coverage, which considering their personnel is probably the right decision. Okay, They only blitz on 21.3% of snaps. That is 30th in the NFL. Only the Chargers and the Colts. Blitz less. Now, what's interesting about that is the Colts and the Chargers are both very, very heavy zone defensive teams. The Browns are are more of a mix. So that that's interesting. Um, and typically, if you play more zone, you blitz less. Whereas the Chiefs, for the record, are ranked uh, ninth in blitz percentage, right behind Buffalo. So I think the Chiefs score a lot of points. I don't necessarily worry about Cleveland's defense, especially their passing defense. I do not think the Chiefs are going to try to run the ball in this game. I don't even think they remotely care. I think the Chiefs are going to try to throw and throw and throw and throw and put Cleveland in a hole that they just can't get out of.
0: Yeah, this feels like a really big Travis Kelsey game for me. Just uh, yeah. to, to Cleveland, if I'm Cleveland, I'm going to try to take away Hill. You don't want the Chiefs to score fast. And it just I just see Travis Kelsey eating these guys alive over the middle. All right, let's talk about, before we get to our predictions, let's talk about the AFC, the other game in the AFC Bills at the Ravens. I'm sorry, the Ravens at the Bills. Um, yep. Who would you rather see in the AFC Championship game out of those two teams?
2: You know, I've, I've given some thought to this, and <laughs> I wish I had a better answer. Um, and by the way, last a note on, on the uh, Cleveland defense, they have given up the eighth most passing touchdowns, 31, despite seeing basically you, me, and Dak. Um, yeah. All right, so the other game I think is the best game of the weekend in terms of just coin flip. I I don't know who wins that game because I think the Ravens can run the ball all over Buffalo, but I think the Bills can beat that blitz. The one thing I'm concerned about for Buffalo is when the Chiefs beat that blitz a lot of times, it's because Kelsey is a nightmare for Baltimore. They cannot guard him. He destroys him every time he plays him. The the Bills don't have a tight end like that, or a back, frankly, which is the kryptonite of the Ravens. As far as what... Rather play, I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I guess the Ravens because I just don't think Lamar can can keep up with Mahomes. Like, I guess them the Chiefs are just beating the doors off them every time they've seen them. But I, I, I while I'd I put it this way, I respect both teams. And if the Chiefs don't play well against either, they will lose. But if the Chiefs play well, I think they beat either one of them. I, I just think it's a different style of game. Um, you could make the argument you'd rather see the Bills. You certainly could. Like if, look, if I could argue either side of it, the Ravens are less explosive in the passing game by a wide margin. They blitz a ton um, more than any team in the NFL. We know the Chiefs play with that, and the Chiefs have just had a lot of success against them. They have just beaten them up. They beat them up every time they play them. But if you want to make the argument for the Bills, the Bills can't run the ball. They also blitz. I think eighth most in the league. Uh, And they have a very bad pressure rate. They do not get a lot of um, pressure on the quarterback. And I I look at them and I say, okay, well, I don't know that I'm worried about facing their defense. I think the Chiefs should hang a lot of points on them. So I think the Chiefs match up well against either one of them. I really do. Uh, But I also think, look, either game would be a tough game. The Chiefs would have to play well. But I I think the Chiefs are the better team. And I think the Chiefs do have distinct matchups in both that would make them the unqualified favorite.
0: I think I'd rather play the bills uh, all due respect to Josh Allen and the season that he's having. I just think the Ravens have a little bit more in terms of weapons. And frankly, they just Lamar just scares me. I know he's, he's not great at throwing the ball outside the numbers, but he's so dynamic. He's such a problem when he gets going and he gets up ahead of steam. It's just, he's a game breaker for me. He can wreck a game with that, with his running ability. And I look, I know the chiefs have done a great job against them, but When I look at games like this, when I know that the Chiefs have the better coach, the better quarterback, the better team overall, I want to stay away from individuals who are so good that they just, where you can do everything right on a play and then they run for an 80 yard touchdown. And, you know, and that, that's, and, and that would be a game where if the Chiefs made a couple of mistakes on offense against the Ravens, that things could get tight. I just think it's a little bit easier to defend Buffalo. Look, you know, you didn't worry about digs. And you got to worry about Allen. He can run the ball a little bit too, but not like Lamar. And that's it. I'm not scared of their defense. They can't run the football. They, you know, the the coaching staff. I think Ravens have a better coaching staff. Like I just, and, and that's not to say the Bills don't, but you know, Ravens have a very experienced coaching staff. Give me the Raven, uh, give me the Bills in the AFC Championship game. But you're right. Chiefs play well. They're going to beat them. All right. What's your prediction for that game? Ravens Bills score final oh, score. Uh,
2: God. Well, I've i really done a nice job as an analyst this week because I on stacking the box on Sunday and I'm doing the new episode right after this podcast wraps up. Um, heh, I I was like, yeah, I think the Bills will win, and then Monday went on the radio and, and picked the Ravens. So I'm really uh, I'm covering my all all bets here. But the more I think about that game, I think Baltimore is going to win. I just think and, and and like I said, look, you're talking about a razor's edge. I would not be shocked either way. I don't even want to pick the game, but it's my job. I, I think, I think the Ravens are going to bully them. I, I just, I don't know that Buffalo can stop them from running the ball. And the weather there is not supposed to be great. It might be windy. It's supposed to be snowing. That game just screams to me. Here's Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins forty times, and Lamar off the edge another fifteen times. And hey, guys, stop it! Stop us from running the ball. It worries me if I'm a Bills fan that Indianapolis went in there. And Indy's a good team. Indy can run the ball, but Indianapolis do whatever they want to do offensively in that game. At 500 yards of offense. They only lost that game because they beat themselves. So that, that concerns me. And the Ravens, they come in with a lot of swagger. That team defensively, I mean, we all know about Marcus Peters. Okay, guys, you know, that team brings a lot of heat, a lot of sauce to games. I don't worry about that as a Chiefs fan because the Chiefs match it with Jones and Clark and Matthew and all the guys on offense. I mean, the Chiefs have as much, if not more, swagger than anybody in the NFL. But I think like, if that game starts going a little sideways for the Bills, do they have the experience and the guys, especially on defense, to be able to rally the troops? I don't know. I know the Ravens do. So in what I think is going to be a great game, I'll take Baltimore by, by you know, maybe, I don't know, two or three points. Come on, give me a score. Oh, God, Uh, 26-24. And I would not be surprised if Justin Tucker's a difference in the game.
0: That's a great point. Uh, I've got it. I'm with you. I think the Ravens are going to pull it out. I I think a little bit more points. I've got it. Ravens 31, Bills 27, but I don't think it'll be quite that close. I think the Bills are going to be playing from behind, get a late touchdown. All right, now is the time. Chiefs versus Browns. Final score predictions. I'll kick us off. I'll let you wrap it up. We've talked about it. I think think the Browns cover, but I think it's right on the line. Chiefs 34, Browns 24. I just don't think Cleveland's offense is going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs. But more importantly, I don't think Cleveland's defense is going – Andy Reid off a bye, the self-scouting, all that stuff that he's been doing for the last couple weeks, the new plays. It's just good – Good for the Browns, good for the fans. The future's bright there. They've got things stabilized. they've got a good team, they've got talent. but this ain't it. this ain't the year. The, the, the Cinderella story stops here. Chiefs in a, in, a, in a pretty easy one. Score could actually end up being a lot. I, the Chiefs could score 40 in this game, but I'll go 34, 24, Casey. Uh,
2: 38 to 20. Kansas City. I just I don't think the, I don't think the Browns can stop them. I really I look I don't know if it'll start right away cuz maybe the Chiefs takes a possession or two to get going. I think the Chiefs are going to have a stretch in this game where they do one of those things where they show a graphic and it's like here are the last Chiefs you know five possessions. Touchdown, 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 field goal, touchdown. And it's just you're like, "Oh, well then the game's over because in those five possessions they yeah, had scored Cleveland 31 to 7." It's just I learned a lot watching the Chiefs last year in the playoffs with how they respond and you think about the Chiefs even going back a year prior and they lost in the AC title game. Think about that that offense. 17-0 on three drives against Indianapolis. 31 second and a half points against the Pats in the AC title game. 41 unanswered points against Houston. 28 unanswered points against Tennessee. 21 unanswered against San Francisco. Every game Mahomes has ever played in the playoffs. The Chiefs at some point or another go on some ridiculous scoring spree. And those are, by the way, the Colts included, with Everflus, a lot of good defenses in that group. Houston wasn't. Houston was a terrible defense. But the other defenses were all good. All those defenses were good. Some of them very good, like San Francisco and New England that one year. Didn't matter. Like You're including defenses that were coached by Vrabel and Robert Sala, who's about to get a head coaching job, and Bill Belichick, and Matt Everflus, who's getting a head coaching job at some point, if not this year, in the near future. Mahomes dismantled every single one of those teams, even in the loss against New England. I mean, they, they couldn't stop him. I, we all know and we all feel that if they had ever won that toss in overtime, they would have won the game. Like You just go down the line. And with all due respect to Cleveland, Cleveland has nowhere near the defense. Cleveland is far more like Houston than they are anybody else in that grouping. So... I think the Browns will, will make some plays offensively. I think they'll run the ball a little bit. I, I can see the game being tight for a little bit. And look, I wouldn't be shocked if the Browns cover and lost like 30 to 23 or something. But I don't care if they cover. I care if the Chiefs win. And I do think the Chiefs will win. And I do think they'll cover. I just think they're going to pull away at some point. Um and I I don't know that if Cleveland's got to abandon the run, I think that's pretty much the nail in the coffin. They're just, they're not going to throw themselves back in that game.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the Chiefs have been sharpening their knives over the last couple of weeks, ready to get back into action. And as they've been saying, really, since the Super Bowl ended, hashtag run it back. Look, this is the playoffs, y'all. You should be nervous. It's win or go home. As you saw with the Steelers, things can happen. All of these teams that are left are good. But if you look at the, (laughs) there's, um, what, there's eight teams left in the playoffs. And the Chiefs have beaten four of them already this on the year. road yeah it's That's pretty good odds. it's pretty good odds so the the, the we know the Chiefs can uh, can beat the Ravens and the bills and they did it pretty easily they get by the Browns here they've got a, a really good chance to return to the Super Bowl hopefully they're not getting ahead of themselves I did Andy Reid's too good of a coach I don't think they will be they know how these playoff games can get out of hand if they're not focused so hopefully we don't see a repeat of that Texans game from last year when they came out flat and turned the ball over a few times. But frankly, even if they did, even if they fell behind 20, 21 points, 24 points to the Browns, I still think they win by a couple touchdowns. I, like it's just They're just too explosive, and Cleveland doesn't have the firepower.
2: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. On Good Morning Football, they had a funny, interesting segment. Um, I can't remember. I think it was Tuesday morning where they asked, how many points would the Chiefs have to be down before you set it to wrap? And Kyle Brandt was like 42. Wow. He's like 35 nothing at halftime. I still think the Chiefs could win the game. And I thought about it. I'm like, that's an aggressive. I, I wouldn't go that far. If the Chiefs were down, and hopefully they're not, but if the Chiefs were down 21 nothing in the game, I would still think the Chiefs come back and win the game. Yeah. I, I what well, you just sometimes you see it now. Let's hope that doesn't happen and they don't have to sit there and come back. But I'll also say this, and the Chiefs typically don't do this, and so they won't do this because Andy's a creature of habit. And that's fine. Look, I'm not arguing it. If it was me personally. If they wanted to toss, I'd take the ball. I would take the ball and immediately go down the field and make it 7 nothing. Here's the football. I would set a tone in this game early that they, we're not Pittsburgh. You're going to have to score in the 40s to beat us and not with the help of five turnovers. Like, you're going to have to come out here and you're – Mayfield is going to have to outplay Mahomes. And if I'm the Chiefs, that's my entire mindset for this game. Turn it into a game where he's got to outplay Patrick Mahomes because that's not happening. So, look, I feel good. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be a nervous wreck at 2 o'clock Central time on Sunday. It's a playoff game. If they were playing Vanderbilt, I'd be nervous. (laughs) It's it's not a best of seven in the NFL, guys. It's a best of 60. But I – I feel good. I mean, I think this is the best matchup. The Browns are the worst team left in the playoffs. If the Chiefs lose this game, I'm going to be physically nauseous. There is no reason to lose this game. None. So, hey, let's get it done. Let's Hopefully next time we're talking, they're in the AFC title game. And, uh, you know, hell with it. I don't care who they're playing. They'll be the favorite. They'll be at home. And I love it. They're the late game if they get to the AFC title game. They'd be playing at uh, 640 Eastern. So, under the lights at Arrowhead with a shot to uh, go back to the Super Bowl.
0: Absolutely. And I just one more word of caution for the Chiefs. I know, of course, Andy Reid, the whole organization, listens to this podcast.
2: Yes. It's huge. <laughs> yeah.
0: Watch out for uh, the trick plays, the fake yep. punts, yep. because cool. Kevin Stefanski, he he's a good coach. And he knows they're going to have to score a ton of points. It's like how teams used to play Peyton Manning. Like they would just like, remember when the Chiefs weren't very good and they play Peyton Manning, they would do onside kicks and all that stuff, yep. try to steal possession. This is that game that Stephansy is going to empty out the playbook with all because then they get a chance to play to go to. If you're the Browns, you win this game. You're feeling great about your chances to get to the Super Bowl. You know the Ravens well. You think you can beat the Bills? This is this is the the Goliath that you that you need to beat. So um, just be Kansas City's got to play smart football. Keep their head screwed on straight. And I think they'll be fine. All right, everybody. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to this podcast or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, everywhere you get your podcasts. Head on over to um, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a written review over there. Ask us a question and we'll answer it on the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at @rpatrickallen. Patrick Allen. He is at, at Matt Vertiram. Make sure you follow Matt Connor, the lead expert at Arrowhead Addict. He's at, at Matt Connor AA. And of course, follow at Arrowhead Addict. And finally, I just want to say it's been a really great season. Uh, I know we'll be back here, and we'll all be happy. We'll be back on Sunday night laying this down after the second playoff game. But uh, uh, thank you for listening this year, and we'll be here in the off season after the Super Bowl when that starts. So uh, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, you guys are the best. We'll see you on Sunday night after the Chiefs have secured a spot in the AFC Championship game. As always, go Chiefs.